Hello, and welcome to the After the Whistle podcast. My name is K.O., and this week, Donald, Smiley, Crack, and a special guest discuss the fallout of the failed European Super League, as well as what's next for both Jose Mourinho and Julian Nagelsmann, where one has been fired and the other hired. Now, if you haven't already, please follow our Twitter account at ATWPodcastGCR and listen to the podcast at listentogcr.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the After the Whistle podcast. No KO today. This is Donald. I've officially taken over his seat uh, because, yeah, I defeat do that. Charlie, <laughs> guys, what's up? <laughs> we did cool. good. We did cool, eh? Yeah. All right, so today, uh, guys, I've got Smiley here with me, Crack um, as well, and then we have a special guest, Oswa. So, Oswa, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Donald. How is everyone? We're all good. We're good. So We're good. ECG, ECG. How can we be good? <laughs> we don't even know what to happen. Yeah, for the listeners, know, right? if you know the kind of stress we have to go through before we put this out, because this is This is their take. This is their take, <laughs> bro. Like, it's crazy. Shall but ECG then if, any, just... if you have any, any calls, you have a way smiley, so yeah. Masa, masa, masa. <laughs> okay, so guys, Charlie, we have a pretty uh, packed episode for everyone. Um, as you guys know, last week, in the last week, there's been a lot happening in football. So much has happened. Like, you don't even know where to even begin, right? And we, um, obviously, what has dominated all of that conversation has been the European Super League. And if you guys didn't check it out, we had, um, you know, a special, we released a special episode last week when, you know, the ESL first broke out and there was, you know, so much uh, conversation and, uh, you know, debate about it and all that. So, yeah, you guys should go check out that episode. This is basically a follow-up to it. All right. So, um, like I said, we have a packed uh, episode coming out. So, what I'm going to, what we're going to do is, Smiley, please, you just give us a small, you know, background um, regarding the fallout from the Super League and what has happened since the first, you know, the news first broke out. And then, yeah, we'll continue from there. So, Smiley, take us away with that. Okay, so, basically, the Super League, as everybody knows, it fell apart after, like, 48 hours. Probably didn't even get to 48 hours. These people just chickened out. crazy, man. They chickened out at the first side side of trouble. But some some stubborn guys still did inside. So at the moment, nine teams pulled out, still okay. left with three teams, basically um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus. Those okay. are the main corporates who are still holding high the flag of the Super League. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the leader of this all, Mr. Florentino Perez, Senor Florentino Perez, <laughs> Opana said that him still they go on live. He said <laughs> it's not going anywhere. They've not stopped anything. And the teams cannot pull out. He's going on his still doing his media tour or whatever he's been doing. Yeah. Said Charlie. It's still going on live. Nothing has changed. Um, the teams can't just pull out just like that because they've signed an ironclad contract. And yeah. um, if they pull out, there'll be financial repercussions, major financial repercussions. I don't know how much exactly he's talking about, but even J.P. Morgan, who are the financiers of the whole thing, issued a statement that um, they are sorry about everything that happened. It was an error on their part. They didn't do their research on the football market and history and what everything means to them. Yeah, it's, They basically apologize for everything. So now... For me, I don't understand why Florentino is still going on and on about how it's going on because the main teams have all pulled out, the financiers have pulled out, and you are still talking. He's a broke boy. He's a broke boy. (laughs) And then to top it all off to Mr. Edward Wood also resigned in the midst of everything that was happening. So, good riddance to him. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of apologies going around from the owners owners of these clubs. And what we've also um, heard coming out is that the guys who have reportedly resigned haven't necessarily um, completely broken away from the contract they signed, but they're in the process of, you know, um, filing the paperwork that would um, make them actually walk away because the, the agreement was such that you can't just decide to get up and walk away, which, I mean, I would have been surprised if it was any other way. So, um, also, I want to find out from you, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think, are you happy with um, what's happened with the ESL? Are you happy with the collapse of the ESL? Well, generally, of course. I mean, who wouldn't be happy? All those who aren't happy are, are not football fans. But like, they haven't been following football for a long yeah, time. Yeah, imposters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Gerald. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really, really excited that this didn't go through. Because... um. Initially, when when the whole Super League thing came out, I mean, who wouldn't want to see Bayern and Real Madrid playing week in, week out? Yeah. But then, it's you know, it's the rarity of these games that make it you know that make it nicer. You know, waiting and all that. It it, it all comes together to make football a beautiful game. So. All in all, I'm really, really excited it didn't go through. And with Florentino Perez, I really don't know why he's he's proving stubborn to you know um, pull out of the deal. Because basically, everyone who was supporting the deal has one way or the other retired to the idea. You get it? So yeah. I don't know. He should just accept that this won't go through, and then. He, they should rather sit down with UEFA and then talk things through. I don't know if they can bring in some something more substantial, something that like will, will you know interest us. We get it. Me, I I get the fact that the three teams left, that is Barca, UV, and then Real Madrid. They are in their debt. Like their debt keeps piling up. Broke boys, broke boys, club. So I don't know. I really don't know why, Charlie. Me personally, I'm excited, and Florentino Perez should just accept that it won't go to get it and then just what? move on. Uh, what I would say, you know, with regards to the comments you made about. Um, the clubs, Juventus, Real Madrid, and uh, who's left? Who else Barca. Is the other one left? Barcelona. Barca. Yeah. These guys are, I mean, the guys who are basically running these clubs were the ones who literally are part of what, like, the driving force behind the ESL. So yeah. the Juve guy, Agnelli or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, he was one of the prominent figures pushing the ESL mm-hmm. for Antonio Perez, as we know. With Barca, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going on there because yeah but then again right these clubs i mean they were in talks with uefa like they were having these talks with uefa they were trying to put themselves in a position to benefit more than they are already doing in the normal champions league formats that we are used to right and these big clubs basically decided you know what if we are not going to get our way fully because of the mere fact that we are big clubs and yeah, we are just going to try and force this thing so that we can, you know, gain as much as much economic benefit as possible. And you know, unfortunately for them, it backfired. There was a lot of betrayal going around. Yeah, there was a lot um, of betrayal. The UEFA president around, so. even came out to yeah. say that. Um, I think Agnelli and then Ed Woodward stabbed him in the back. Said he hasn't seen lies like them in his life. They like us. They like us. Bro, bro oh, the Judas is them child for inside, though. They're <laughs> child. Sell oh, out. No, they're no, they're no, selling no, out. They sold them out. Apparently, the Agnelli guy is very close to the UEFA president. So, for him, that was like a heartbreaker. Apparently, he's related to him through marriage. Like, yeah, he's even, yeah. Bro, I heard something like he's related yeah, to him. Wow. That's some wild thing. But, yeah, Gerald. Are you happy that you know the Super League has collapsed? Because I do understand um, it from people's like the other people's perspective who wanted this. For me, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't want a Super League that is, um, um, that is run by 
people like Stan Kroenke, Joel Glazer, <laughs> and then who's that? Henry. Like these Americans, like I don't want a super league run with but, them. But ask but, yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I don't. I'm not uh, fully opposed to the idea of a review of the Champions League. Not this current format, that's because I think it's kind of similar to what the ESO was pushing for anyway. But I'm not opposed to a review of the current Champions League format and, you know, conversations about how to, I don't know, make the Champions League, I guess, better. You understand? So I don't necessarily, the people who are, who wanted the ESO, I'm not really, I don't really feel that apprehension towards them like, yeah, you are, like you, you, you want football to be destroyed or whatever. But I personally am happy that we we are not pushing ahead with the Super League that's run by those people. But yeah, Jared, go ahead. Are you happy those, that's collapsed? Those people can't even run their clubs or they want to run football. Look, exactly. they are terrorists. They are terrorists. <laughs> they are thieves. We shouldn't forgive them. That's why I'm happy Edward is gone. That guy is a money-grabbing asshole. He and the Glazers and all of them. They don't have sense. You want to Americanize Europe, you are mad. Like you can't they, do basic, that. they basically want to take the MLS and put why, why? European big clubs in the inside that format. It makes no sense. Who are you to you do understand? that? It makes no freaking and, sense. And what even annoys me is that they didn't even have the balls to even sustain it for five days. I mean, man, like three days and he gave up on the agenda. Ooh, are you serious? Something you claim you've, you've planned for 20 years, in quote, you've planned for 20 years, it has been coming for a long while, and you just give up in three days? Oh, come on. Yeah, what niggas? I don't, think they, I, really, I don't think they gave up. I think the heat was too much. Yeah, so they gave up. So the they, thing is they that anticipated me, heat, but they didn't think it would be like this. Yeah, you see, the thing is that, even with anticipation, you should know that if you're really doing your research, well, you know right now the way social media is and now people's voice are easily heard and all of that. You should know when you're doing something like that. Look, demonstrations coming, pressure and everywhere will come. They didn't really think well. And also, it annoys me that they didn't keep the agenda for long because UEFA itself, they are corrupt. It's not as if they they are coming out as the saints of these people that yeah they stood firm for football. Please, you didn't stand firm for anything. You stood firm for your pockets as well. You were just threatened, yes. and they were and they were just um, uh, giving out empty threats here and there because they were they were shook. Honestly, like when the ESL idea came, it's only a few people that didn't even believe that it, it won't go through. Like. The first two days, like everybody was so sure that look, this thing is happening, cause they had the I biggest teams happen. and they still had yeah, I and they still had other happen. teams willing, willing to join. You understand? Yeah. So it was like everybody was and you. That's where you you knew how the football bodies aren't being run well. How you say you are going to ban uh, FIFA? You are going to ban uh, players who are going to play for their clubs. They are under contract for crying out loud. Do you think you, you can prevent them? They can say I'll play for United. Look. The employees of United, if you are going to Accra, you are going. If you are going to Kumasi, you are going. If you don't want, just yeah. cancel your contract. So you can't say if they play, if they choose to play, they are going to ban them for their country. Like, a, a lot of things didn't make sense. But I just yeah. wanted them to hold on to agenda for long. And that new Champions League format, that extension, is bogus. They shouldn't bring it because the players are just going to get injured. Because even just like, that, like, the merits, like, uh, clubs like Arsenal and Spurs would still get in anyway. Look, that merit thing is nonsense. It, it's it's purely nonsense. What, why are you trying to say that if I'm last in class because I, I have performed uh, two, two, two semesters ago, you put me in the top four? No uh, matter where they finish, a, a they will still play in the Champions League. So why? Why the value that yeah, just I don't takes understand. away exactly. so much. Like, why will I, why will yeah. I fail my exams and you still give me a degree? Mm. Uh, what do you mean by that? A lot of things didn't make sense. I think they were just clamoring for like a lot of things didn't make sense. But all you know, I'm just happy we are we are we are done with this ESL thing because like we still want that thing where at least United will beat a Man City. We want something where there is a right relegation struggle where United goes to this team and loses. We want the beauty of football, yeah. but. I hated that this narrative was going that they were trying to do it for the fans, for the fans. Look, you weren't doing yes, anything for the fans. That, that, you were doing it for yourselves and your pockets. Yeah. When, when, when EPO changed to the new format in 1990, yeah, you were allowed for this because you were just thinking about yourself and your pockets and you sold your teams to Americans. What did you expect? I'm just glad we are, things are back to normal. 
and agenda still continues. Okay, so um, also, do you think that this is the last we have heard about the Super League? Despite well, the fact that it's went down in flames. I would say it has been completely consumed with flames, no, because we still yes. have Barca, UV, and you know Real Madrid still in there. <laughs> but you can't have a tournament with just three people. Yeah, you? but like this isn't the last we've heard of them. We yeah. hear of them actually. It's going to take a while for you know Florentino to just give up because he coming out to say that. His, um, the clubs are binded by I don't know, a binding contract yeah, and contract, then all yeah. those stuff. You know that he's in for a fight. He gets it. Oh, yeah, he's not going down that and, fight, that's for sure. And the thing too is <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't um the clubs who are who are withdrawing or something, they wouldn't yeah. want to um withdraw without or they wouldn't want to withdraw without a fight. They wouldn't want to pull out without you know a fight so basically what i'm saying is they would um this isn't the last we hear of it it, it will go on for i think a few weeks more before florentino yeah. just yeah i i actually out. think that it will even go on beyond a few weeks i think they are still just like they were working the shadows before bringing this out i think they are still going to go back to the drawing board and then start devising a better plan yeah. to come back again later. You understand? So even if it's not you know soon, they will definitely come back again later. So yeah, I definitely think it's not the last we've had. But in the aftermath of all this, Smiley, the other Premier League clubs, right? The other what fourteen Premier League clubs who felt left behind and stuff like that because they are smaller clubs. You know, they have been pushing for some punishments to be given to the six clubs that tried to break away and stuff. Do you think that this is an overreaction? Because I, the Everton chairman gave this, you know, rousing speech about, you know, their betrayal and stuff like that, them trying to destroy football and all that. So I don't know if you think that these Premier League clubs, you know, asking for punishments for the other six clubs is an overreaction. <laughs> This one is a difficult one because for me, I, I I don't think they are overreacting, but I also think there's also a lot of hypocrisy going around because okay. for a lot of these teams talking about how is a betrayal and all this they they they've broken football, they've broken their trust, blah blah blah. Almost all these teams talking, we all know that if they had been offered a place in the ESL, they would have taken this with both hands. Yes, exactly. In a heartbeat. <laughs> teams like Everton, for example, with all the um, investments they've made in recent years, the, yeah. the new their owner is fairly new. He came in about five years ago. And they are, and they are already, trying to build a new stadium. They are trying to build a new stadium. They've invested heavily in players and everything. They are telling me that if they were offered... 300 to 400 million a season to take part in this tournament. They will not take it with, with wholeheartedly. Yeah. They, they you just weren't not, invited, so you are yeah, sorted. You just, so, yeah. I mean, you are being, they are being a bit hypocritical, even though I can yeah. see why they want other teams to be punished. Because, for example, a team like Leeds, um, yeah. they put out a statement before their game. They are fun, they are fun club puts out yeah. like a banner before their game against United, talking about how they are one of the few teams in Premier League history who have been who have had points deducted for them for some from them for something for some similar flouting of rules or something. I didn't even know this before, oh, okay. but I think previously they used to be known as Leeds City. And then they had oh, a points okay. deduction from them which led to a lot of things. They got relegated, collapsed oh. the team and the team came back as Leeds United. So oh, what they are okay. saying is that if you've done it to someone before, you can do it to them. Because yeah. right now the excuse going around is that you shouldn't deduct if you deduct from the teams, it will affect the fan the fans and the players. Because they have not done anything. You have to give a punishment that will affect just the owners. And the Leeds people, their point is that when they were deducting the points from them, nobody cared about whether it was going to um, affect the fans and the players. They just gave it to them. So if you don't give them the same, if you don't show them the same energy, yeah, it just means that you're showing them favoritism. So I, I yeah. get where they are coming from. 
but they also need to just understand that actually yeah in there right has now, to be a compromise basically there has to be a compromise yeah in a period of reconciliation and everything and yeah. whether you like it or not those teams still do have the power they can decide yeah. right now if you go too far, like they can still decide that they are they going can still to still decide to go ahead, yeah, and back out of the EPL completely, even yeah. though I don't think that will happen because of the backlash and everything. But you have to realize that actually they are not as powerless as they are trying to make it seem right now. It's like yeah. because they are uh, remorseful and they mm-hmm. have everybody stepping on their necks left and right, so you think that. You can just add your own and just take advantage of the situation, but Charlie, there has to be a yeah. compromise at some point. And even speaking of compromise, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alexander Sefri, the UEFA president. He's still yeah. been going on and on about how they need to be punished, talking about how they could even disqualify Real Madrid and Chelsea and Man City from the Champions League for what they've done and all those things. <laughs> Charlie, that guy, UEFA needs to call him into order because. He's been too emotional about the whole situation. Yeah. He needs to calm down because, Charlie, the thing that people are, are backing out. At least, okay, Real Madrid, they are still inside. So maybe if you want to focus on them, that's that's a bit fine. But, Charlie, yeah, I think, just, I think the main thing is now conversations just need to be had. Yeah, conversations. Everybody that's just true. needs to sit down and just have one conversation and then, Charlie, like you said, compromises all around. Mm-hmm. And then, Charlie, uh, we can move on from there, I guess. Right. And another thing, and on also the punishments, like when you're talk, when they are talk, also talking about punishments that will just affect the owners. I mean, what's really what kind of punishments can you give to the owners that will not affect the team? Because Charlie, you go make the new down words. What 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 again can you do? To them? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I really don't know you what what the they mean. I, I don't know what they mean by punishments that will just affect the. They are talking about punishments like. Removing them from the EPO committees that they are on and all these things. Those ones, actually, oh. it's punishment. Right? It's, my, it's, my, it's minor, <laughs> minor, hey. minor It wouldn't really affect them too much. It would, it wouldn't affect their pockets. Maybe to reduce their decision-making yeah. power and their influence a bit. But I'm sure over time they'll get it back because oh. Charlie, they are the big this, boys. They will definitely get it back. This is a clear yeah. case of the underprivileged being jealous of the rich. It happens. That's life. Like, uh, you understand? Like, all these people that I say, if they were invited, they would have been there, they would have been happy, they should get away. What punishment? There's no punishment that you can do that will affect a team like United. You are talking about deducting points, it will never happen. You are talking about fining or boohoo, they can pay, they are rich. What again? What will touch them? What will you do? Relegate them, it can't happen. There's nothing you can do. I don't know what this teams, they can all come together for crying out loud. If United was against, I would have also been on the different side, but I have to defend my team and defend the big teams. The big teams make the league as well, and they control everything. So, you saying that the top six have done this and that, that oh, come on. Even a team like Newcastle was invited, relax, pipe down. Nothing will happen. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. So, I mean, if you haven't done this already, Listeners, please follow our Twitter account at ATW Podcast GCR and give us feedback on our episodes by either mentioning the handle or you can use our hashtag GCR, hashtag GCRATW. Or please remember to give us a five-star rating on our Apple Podcast page to help us reach more listeners. The Ethical Fashion Initiative Podcast Series 2 is here. Episode 2 features Vodafone Ghana CEO Patricia Obonai and African Fashion Foundation founder, Roberta Annan, coming together for a vibrant discussion of what it means to be a woman in growing tech space. The link to the episode will be in the episode's show notes. I think it's opening up a lot of innovation. Come on. I only say that those who have the eyes to see the opportunity that this pandemic has brought and will explode. Innovation in Africa, the new business models in 2021, I think we should just take off. People are beginning to think of how to deliver their services through digital. Whoever thought about this whole augmented reality and virtual just coming right into our space. Okay, so now guys, it's time for some quick fire, some quick fire questions. Okay, so we're going to begin with the Premier League. It's a, it was amazing how throughout all this conversation, Mourinho was also sacked and that just flew under the radar somehow. So that's, 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 that's going to be our first line of questioning. So, so I'll start with you since you're our guest. 
Should Spurs have waited till after the Carabao Cup to fire Mourinho? Or were they justified in firing him before the Cup final? Obviously, should have waited. Just, just <laughs> if you look at the match today against City, yeah. you could see you could see snippets yeah. of the inexperience of Ryan Mason in the team. Because yeah. with I mean, Mourinho, you could yeah with, with Mourinho, one thing is one of games he can he can pull off something. Of in course, one of games. he 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 knows how yeah. to do that and. There hasn't been any team that he has coached and, and gone through fillers before. Even with Man, Man United at our lowest, he was able to yeah. finish second on the league log and then win as a Europe, Europa League, as well as, I think, Community Shield. So they yeah. should have looked at these instances and then waited. Sometimes patience is key because you are a club who haven't won a league, a league cup in like over 13 years or something and you have you have such you know an experienced manager in your in your ranks you should i think they should have waited finished the whole season actually okay. before you know sacking him just like how the germans do it they should have waited the whole season mm-hmm. and then handed yeah. him the sack letter unfortunately modern but, football but, yeah, on. but um, on the flip side, so I understand Daniel Levy, I understand the Spurs board because he blew, I mean, beginning of the season, he was he was on top of the league log. And then all of yeah. a sudden, he's wallowing in, I don't know, yeah. eight, nine, ten. The and was he gets it. That, that kind of slump is something that um, yeah. I don't think, you like get sacked as a manager in modern football for that. So you get it. Yeah. Even Poch did the same thing, and then he got sacked. And then you came in instead of you know remaining consistent. And then one thing our Mourinho says he's too stubborn. In fact, he likes sticking to one way of coaching. And then times are changing. The game is changing. New ways and then new trends of coaching is available. And that's something I'll applaud Pep for because he's always open to new ways. And that is, I think that is the secret, that's his secret to, you know, winning games and then going every season with a trophy with, for his team. Yeah. So I think that was one flaw of Mourinho. And I think um, Spurs weren't really going to entertain you know, those, his, his whims. So they just <laughs> they just showed him the the exit door, but in all honesty, they should have waited till the end of the season because we're almost done. I think we are just left with six games or so to finish the season. They should have just waited yeah. and see how everything plays out. But their drought so continues, so they should just accept it. <laughs> yep, they live by the decisions they make. Okay, so yeah. crack. Is this the end of Mourinho in club football? I mean, it should be. If he's willing to go to Qatar or China, and then that means he still has a chance. But if you are talking <laughs> about the big leagues and the, and the important jobs, it's done. It's over it's for him. It should, have, it should have been done after United, <laughs> honestly. Your man, your man was able to finesse himself through punditry by talking about Popoba and one or two things, one, two punch. I mean, when you're outside the club, you can see everything going on, just like a chess board or playing dumb draft. When you're behind, you can see all the moves. But right now, when you come inside, you just play it and let's see. I mean, I wasn't one of the people that were convinced Mourinho still had it. That year, saying this season, he can just sneak in and win it because of the pandemic and all of that. Yeah. I knew at the point, the current Mourinho and the real Mourinho will come out. He's done. Like, football has left him behind. It's just sad to see. Like, man is just breaking every record he set. Like, every record that made Mourinho Mourinho, he's just breaking away clubs like United and a team like Spurs. You got a team like Spurs that a year before went to the Champions League final. And they had they had, they had, they had run with Pochettino. He couldn't motivate them again. When, when he so went yes. to Spurs, he actually said he's inheriting a better squad than he had at United. Than United. You understand? That he still yeah. wants to be petty. And we are pettier than you. Moreno. <laughs> we are the Red Devils for a reason. You understand? Like, all this dig at United and 
all of that one necessary they got only and i personally wanted him to fail and i'm not hiding it i'm not denying <laughs> it i'm just happy i mean he, he had even overstayed like daniel levy yeah. came long he would have should have sucked him Just long it. time like yeah he checked <laughs> like in fact the appointment was even wrong to begin with so i just hope this time they get it right with another coach but Mourinho should just focus on international football go on the long sabbatical and just go and get some some team in qatar and all of that because if he still goes to a smaller team that can't spend <laughs> oh please we know Mourinho is not good with his football in tactics like that again he needs to spend as well so if he goes to a smaller club that can't spend like the last was 30 i'm 30 and a very good squad and he still had money to buy a couple of players you wanted and you still yeah. couldn't like man west ham and all ahead of and you don't forget Poch what didn't have that privilege before no, at all. No, at all. Yeah, he didn't you understand? For like, two years, they had no signings. The argument was the argument with Porsche was net worth, net, 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 net. I was yeah. a net spent, net spent, because he's net spending spent, and selling. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Porsche, Porsche punched above his weight, and Daniel Levy felt as if Spurs had reached the level where they needed a world-class coach. A world-class coach with a, 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 a reputation like that. I mean... He took a gamble. It didn't work out, and I think Mourinho yeah, should yeah. just review his turn. He, either he becomes a full-time pundit like Asamenga or something, mm-hmm. or joins UEFA or something like. But football has left him behind. Okay, so Smiley, now that Mourinho is gone, who should Spurs replace him with? Mm-hmm. Or who do you think Spurs should replace him with? When they appointed him, it was basically because they wanted to win trophies. He wanted to win yeah. something because if it's not to win something, I don't know why I appointed Mourinho in this modern day. And yeah. now, even the winning to Italy, like I want to, that talent left inside. What so, <laughs> <laughs> so, the one name, funny enough, in all the speculation that's been going around, the one name that people haven't been mentioning, even every time there's a big job opening, there's, a, there's one major name for me that never gets mentioned anymore, even though he has the pedigree. Underrated. And that's Allegri. Allegri yeah, has yeah. won it all. Like in, uh, besides in uh, Europe, even though he's taking, um, he took events to the championship. But you know something? Right There's yeah. this idea, right? Smiley, speaking to what you just said. Yeah. The clubs that Allegri's name has been hovering around: mm-hmm. Arsenal, Spurs. I think United at one point. In Italy, there's this perception that Allegri's style of football is more defensive or conservative than anything else. So yeah. a lot for a lot of these clubs who are also trying to play beautiful football in quotes. Maybe that's why he's probably not an, an attractive opposition. What do that, you think? That's true. That, that's true. Because generally, if you notice, Italian managers aren't in high demand anymore. They yeah. are not as well, wanted as they used to be even like 10, 15 yeah. years ago. And that's because right now, everybody has a different idea of what they, it takes to win. But I, I don't really supports the new this new way of thinking because even though Mourinho football had left him behind granted but it's not just because of his style of football but his style of man management and everything yeah. it's 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 it was too um abrasive for mo- modern day footballers if I, I don't mind if there's another if there's another manager or there's a new manager who wants to play that style of football but has a different uh, man- management style I think it can still work. I don't think it's uh, it is as outdated as people say it is. Because right now everybody has this idea that if you want to build your team and you want to have a long term plan and all this and that, you have to play a certain type of football. So you see all these teams going for a certain profile of manager and a profile, certain profile of style of play because they think that that's what is going to give them long term success. But take Juventus for example. First. Um, four years of their success they've won the um they've won syria like is it nine times in a row or ten almost ten times in a row i don't know but the answers yeah the first the first three they won was with conte yeah conte is also a very conservative manager yeah after conte left allegri came in he also won is it four or five in a row also another conservative defensive manager and then they after the blue they decided that nah they want to go in a different direction and play a certain type of football because that's where football is going. We want to have Pelu, and Pelu is now languishing in third place, struggling to secure top four because at yeah. this point, 
there are plenty of teams breathing down their neck. The top four isn't even secure. So it makes you wonder why teams have this um, idea that they have to play a certain type of football to have long-term success. Because clearly, the past eight, nine years proved that they didn't have to play that kind of football to get the success they wanted. Because they went to two Champions League, fi- Champions League finals playing that kind of football. And the only reason why they lost those finals is because they played against better teams. It's, as simple, it's not that they were expected to win. In both finals, they were the underdogs and they, they lost. Oh, okay. So it's not like it was an upset that they lost or something that required them to change their style or anything. So, honestly, Allegri for me, if they are looking for someone who is going to bring them trophies, actually, these a lot of these new hipster managers, they play nice football, they play exciting football, but the trophies, they don't guarantee anything. They... Like these, they are basically they are long term projects. Like they are long term projects, but it's just that yes. the idea of long term projects it, it doesn't have to fit in one particular style of football. That, I don't yeah. think that that should be the case at all. You can play any style of football and have a long term project. The only thing is that the most important thing is that the manager is able to bring the best out of his group of players. Because as yeah. much as we insult someone like Simeone, for example. You have to see where Atletico used to be before him and where they are with him. Even though right now, he's, people feel like they should be doing better and everything. But if you look at the bigger picture, they are still performing better than they were before him. So, exactly. if you want to win, the proven winners who are available right now, I don't see any available manager who is more of a proven winner than Allegri. If that's the direction he wants to go, actually, if you see the disappointments on the look on the faces of the Spurs players after the City final, those people want to win now. Actually, I don't see how you're crying over Carabao like you just lost the World Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> the trophies need them, so they they need to go with someone like Allegri. Yeah, I get you. You, you okay. see this your this your Allegri point there. Like they actually we actually made very sound and solid points, but. I, Allegri is somewhat like a Moreno in the sense of high spending, big big players, big egos, big big management. You understand? He goes to a yeah. team like Tottenham. He's still gonna have these players with this with this uh, weak mindset and all of that. The up, the uphill battle he's gonna get in a team like Tottenham it will be different from a team like United, who is capable of going for the big guys, who is capable of signing big, you understand? Who is capable of doing big things? A team like Tottenham over the years, we've been able to convince ourselves that they are one of the solid and big teams in England. Like, we should relax. Hippies fit them. They should go for the hippies. They should go for these <laughs> kind of coaches. That we know that, yeah, Tottenham will get there, but they can't go over the hump and all of that. I still don't feel a coach like Allegri will do that for them. Like, they'll still complain about a whole lot of things, the Tottenham way, the this way and all of that. Even though I would actually like for all the best coaches to be in England and Allegri to be considered, but there is also a reason why his name doesn't come up. Because a lot of people see him like the Italian Moreno and all of that. Like he's very, he's very consecutive. Like we went to you, play. You be Italian. We to, like, we, be Mourinho style. Exactly. Like Italian. we went to play Juventus. United went to play Juventus, and you met Mourinho, and you were able to be defensive against Mourinho. You were leading Mourinho, and you made a defensive change against Jose Mourinho, and United ended up winning that match. I still don't understand. I still can't get over something like that. Like yeah, it gets to a point where. I mean, football has evolved, but your ways, we just tweak it a bit. I just tweak it a bit because a lot of teams hardly play ultra-defensive now. Everybody wants to open up. Everybody wants to attack. Everybody wants to play free-flowing. So if you add that to your good level of defensive coaching, it will help. But when you focus solely on that, like, it's, it's, it's kind of some way. So, yeah, that's my take on Allegri. Okay. And then one oh, more thing. Yeah, go on. One one thing about um, sacking coaches is uh, the fact that their relationships with their players are you know kind of rusty. Because if you look at Mourinho, um, he starts well. Or see how he was with Delia Ali when he started and everything. But then 
at a point in time, things started changing when things weren't going his way. So one one thing um, we tend to turn a blind eye on is uh, players also contributing to managers being sacked from these teams. Because me, the the one factor or one factor, one prominent factor is that their relationship with their managers aren't really, you know, solid. And then sometimes I don't know, I don't know if it's proven, but I feel like they sabotage themselves to, you know, make the manager look bad. Because in everything, every football game, everything we, you know, we judge their tactics, their antics, everything based on the manager. And then if, if you know, you don't establish that solid relationship, you see how Klopp is with the Liverpool players and how Ole is now with, you know, our very own players. You you see yeah. that kind of free-flowing, you know, relationship there. And then with that one, it, it kind of breeds or gives the players more motivation, more verve to, you know, play according to your style and philosophy. But... Looking at Mourinho, he wasn't really, he, he's not really the friendly type. He's not really, you know, the type to entertain player-manager, you know, relationships. I think sometimes players themselves see these things, self-sabotage, and then get you out of the club to bring someone. That's what, that's my take on Okay. I want. All right. So, guys, um, continuing with our quick fire round, right? Let's talk about PFA Young Player of the Year, okay? There's been a lot of debates. Everybody everybody at their club thinks their youngster is fire. So, we have Saka, Foden, Rashford, Pedro Neto, Pedro Neto, and people like that in the running. Who do you generally think should win that prize? Well, I mean, we're all United fans, but let's try and be as objective as possible. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's start with Osua, first of all. Personally, I think it should go to Phil Foden. Foden, yeah. okay. Foden right. deserves it because he's he's been really pivotal for the City squad. I mean, his positioning, his runs. I mean, he's he's been he's been exceptional for City. Seriously, looking at his performances in the Champions League, banging in goals here and there, you know. Contributing to you know the team, the team's you know scintillating performance. I think he's he's really he's really had an amazing season uh, this season because if you look at past seasons, you could see snippets of potential in him, and then you can see that he's grown under Pep's guidance and then growing into a fully fledged. Um, I don't. I, I think okay. he plays. He plays a striker, striker, strike level or something, position or something. So he's basically developing, and he's he's on a right path. Okay. Yeah. All right, Smiley, who wins it for you? Um, I'm tempted to go with um, Saka. I, I know okay. it's people. Would, it would be unexpected for a lot of people, but. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I'm one of those. I don't expect <laughs> you to say Saka, to be honest. I'll be saying it with your objective. Yeah, I should try to be objective. Yeah, but yeah. If I look at all of them, he's probably the team that the player who is... Okay, for, for me, in this list, there are two players who their teams depend on more than anybody else. That's okay. Saka and Rashford. Okay. I think the Arsenal team for if for even for there was like a two month period where Saka was the one carrying the team like doing most of the work for them. So if I'm yeah. being objective and not trying to go the United way, I'd probably go with Saka for this one. Okay. Crack, who we'll answer for you? Oh, Rashford. I don't have to be objective. This is me <laughs> being objective. It is Rashford. When you look at the players on this list, Foden hasn't played a lot of matches this season. Yes, he has been pivotal and all of that, but yes, still, City don't depend on him like the way United depend on Rashford. Rashford is our leading goal scorer. Rash, Rashford is, is so important to this United team that, and he's even having one of his best seasons. Like, not even one of his best seasons, his best season ever in a United shirt. You understand? His output yeah. and input in, in our team is like, you 
Pedro Neto started well, fell off. Injuries as well. Saka is doing well, but he's in a struggling Astor team. You understand? So, not much is expected. Yeah. But Rashford, aside doing Kinky for the needy, is really playing well. And he, <laughs> like, he, yeah, he should be first on this list. Like, he should win it. It's, it's, I don't know the debate here. Rashford should just win it. Okay. All right. So, um, Smiley. Yep. Um, is Julian Nagelsmann ready to take the next step as the as you know the speculation suggests? Is he ready to take on the Bayern job? I mean, he's even considered, to, you know, like they're even considering him for the Spurs job. But you know, one would think that he would pick Bayern over Spurs. But do you think, right, that you know um, he's ready for such a job? Hmm. So the <laughs> memories of Andre Villas-Boas keep coming back to me all the time when I think about Nagelsmann. Personally, the guy was 31, 32. Even AVB, um, at the time he went to Chelsea, had just yeah. won Europa with Porto. He had just won the Portuguese League. And he still came to yeah. struggle. His inexperience still came to show over there. Even though I think Nagelsmann has been coaching longer than AVB did before he went to Chelsea. So he's not... He's not inexperienced in, ter- in terms of um, years at the years in management, but if age is anything to go by, because Charlie sometimes is a lot more than is. You can have the ability, you can have the talent, you can have all the tactical mindset and everything, but these things also play mm-hmm. a part. And Charlie handling a big team is a very very different situation from handling teams with. Um, Little to no expectations. Even though I wouldn't say RB Leipzig have no expectations, but obviously the expectations don't match the Bayern expectations. Because as Bayern, you can be topping the table and they still they are still crying for you to be sacked because they don't like what you're doing, they don't like your style of play, all those kind of things all come into play. So, okay. Like I, 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 if if I were him, I would still take another job. That it bridges the gap between those two. I wouldn't go straight to the top, but like another job. If anything, if you're not taking another job, stay as RB Leipzig for a few more years before taking the next step. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so, guys, that's pretty much that's it for our quick fire round. Next segment is the Kentucky NBA Roundup, sponsored by Kentucky Food. Hit up Kentucky on Instagram at KentuckyGH for the best jollof Friday and pork and turkey, pork and turkey on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Okay, so at this point, Crack, I would ask you to take us through, you know, our NBA roundup for this week. So, what was all the key results? Yeah. Oh, some of the key results. Some of the key results yeah, was key results. the Lakers. Let, let, let me know if you start with um, the key results. Let me talk about some of the most important things that happened. Like Anthony Davis okay. returned from injury, and we still had a lot of players going out on injury because of this shortened season and this powered-up games and all of that. But yeah. some of the significant results are the Warriors actually beating the Sixers with Embiid still playing. That was actually a surprise over there, and they beating the Nuggets as well. And Celtics also beating... Celtics also beating the Warriors. Like it has been up and down the, this week, but a team that I want us to focus on is the New York Knicks, who are currently fourth on the log in the East and are really playing very well. They are currently on a nine-game winning streak, which is very good for them. And we have barely like um, fifteen games at most to get to the playoffs, but other teams have like twenty-two because of Corona cancellation of games and all of that. So the NBA is actually getting heated and I can't wait for the playoffs to come. Playoffs. Um, Giannis returned from injury and he picked up from where he left off by still dominating and beating the Sixers and beating... Uh, he beat the Sixers and he beat um, Philly uh, he beat Philly, and he beat other teams as well. Just like um, Spurs also regaining their form and also beating the Pelicans who have been disappointing this season as well. Timberwolves also beat... Timberwolves also beat the Utah Jazz, which was a surprise as well. And the Joker is currently still the MVP of the league. 
so currently the log in the east in the west is utah just still leading taking the number one spot the Suns second clippers third nuggets fourth lakers fifth um, who are being chased very closely by the mavericks then you have um you have the blaze the blazers who are currently seven because they don't have um dame playing but then they are they keep on dropping you have memphis so they are all currently in the playing games that is uh dallas that is dallas uh blazers memphis space they are currently in the playing game uh, with uh golden states then you go to the east you have a brooklyn leading and you have success second you have milwaukee third next fourth who have solidified their place fourth they are currently being closely chased by the hawks and you have celtics being set who are currently picking from as well then you have the heat they have the honest paceless and washington wizards but i wanted the washington wizards to be in the plane and also get into the playoffs so this is our weekly roundup okay that sounds dope um all right so we're just going to get into our downboard tweet of the week sponsored by downboard trading hit up downboard on on on, uh, instagram at the as the board jonah for all car battery needs i hope i got that right (laughs) okay um so today our downboard tweet of the week is a tweet from espn fc right they said harry kane now holds the record for scoring the most premier league goals without having won the title 164. what do you guys think about that smile today since you want to my united so bad <laughs> Today I just saw that um, Cal, uh, ever since Kyle Walker left um, Spurs at the age yeah. of twenty-seven, he's yeah. now won about is it eight trophies or something with City, and this is what Hurricane should be looking at and thinking about what could have been, because Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking when he decided to sign all these long contracts with Spurs with no release clause or anything and leave everybody at the mercy of Daniel Levy. Because now, actually, yeah. if if you are deciding to stay, my thing is, if you are deciding to stay at a team like Spurs, it should be because you don't plan on winning trophies at all. If trophies come, take it like it's a bonus, but don't sign long-term contracts Focus at Spurs. It, and then now, focusing then on now being the core zero. Don't mind him. Don't sign long-term contracts with Spurs. <laughs> and then when you're now 28, 29, then you are trying to act or upset or something that actually we have we've not we still not won anything. Oh. Like what did you expect? Uh, you can't meet me for some place, right? <laughs> I still did the same place. Say what I know. We are never said you decide to go sign contracts, but you yeah, he, Chile, he makes stagnant. Ah, Chile, you don't you don't sign contracts with teams like that expecting to win trophies. So now that I've he started giving all sorts of uh, interviews talking about how he might have to look at his future in the summer and all this because Chile, the trophies know they come. I don't understand because what exactly were you thinking? Right after they lost the Champions League final, he went and signed a six year contract. That was just like two years ago. So, Charlie, make you enjoy the six years and then continue and try and break Alan Shearer's record at space because it's luck. Okay. Crack, what do you think about Harry Kane scoring all those goals and not winning a trophy? <laughs> hey. Hurricane, hurricane. <laughs> Man, these English players, some of them, I don't know what's wrong with them. Why are they so hung up on being like heroes or cult heroes or legends in these clubs and they, and they just deceive themselves? Like, yeah, that's right. Hurricane, you signed a six years deal. Yeah. Not knowing Tottenham's future. Like, you know the kind of club you are in. You, you sign on hope, based on hope. Eh? Eh? Even the time that you had to be second on the log, Arsenal overtook you in the in the final games and became second. You understand? So Spurs, like, yeah, you've only been closer to winning the league just once, and then that was the yeah. that was the season Leicester won it, 
and you've been to Champions League finals one. But then you should ask yourself that before you went to the Champions League, you already signed that deal. And people are just trying to make everything sentimental that, oh, Hurricane deserves to be... Look, he doesn't deserve anything. They are paying 10 million euros a year. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> deserve to be anything. That guy signed almost 100 million uh, euros contract or a pounds contract for six years. But you people are there thinking about just Hurricane, Hurricane. Boo, he went for the money. He should be there for the money. When and you, Hurricane, you knew you were growing and you have injury problems with your ankle or your knee. You understand? You've hardly played a full season without injury. And you do this to yourself. Like any team that even buys Hurricane, yes, he's one of the best strikers in the world, but he's still injury prone. You're still taking a huge risk. You understand? And when you leave a team like Tottenham and they buy you for big money, they'll be expecting way more. And the pressure will be double. So me, I don't feel sorry for him, even though I wish United had the money to buy him, but that mafia boss over there, Daniel Levy, board men, we know how they are. He's not going to budge because there's no need for him to sell him. He's under contract. He has like, yeah. smiling, does he have two or three years more left? I think he has like three. So. Yeah, and like three years, you are going to pay almost 250 million for Hurricane. Trust me. Daniel Levy is not going to budge. After sacking Moreno and not getting the ESL money, forget. You can't get his player. Forget it. So, uh, um, that's my take on the hurricane situation. He should just stay there, ask my list, and then break the record. Yeah. Also, should hurricane leave Spurs to, you know, um, everyone, or he should be a club legend. Saying. He should be a one-man club. Um, one the next Messi of Spurs. But like yeah. everyone is, everyone is saying that he should move. He should move. He should. Which which club will come and buy him? I think he will have even, a lot even, of suitors. To be honest, su- okay. Liverpool but will he? Will he? Fine, fine, fine. United he has, are also entertaining that idea. He has, yeah, he and he's up there. City as well needs a striker, so that's three teams just right there. But even if he goes, will he deliver as expected? Because. Just like Craig said, he's injury prone. He's, you know, he's kind of a bit. Though, though he's he's a really good striker. I would give him that. Yes, he's still yeah, one he's of a the really, best really, really, in the world. Yeah, really, really good striker. But like, will he be able to deliver under pressure? Because obviously, if he's looking or eyeing for a move, he will be. He'll be, you know, moving to. A well-established team, something like a Barca, a City, a United, and these fan bases are radical fans. They expect results within the shortest possible time. Once you go and then you start flopping, they will also give it to you. You get it. So will he do well? Will he? Will he? Will he still thrive under the pressure and everything? And this, this, this was a decision he should have taken long before these times. Seriously, because. You can't be in a club and then not see that this club, this club isn't heading anywhere towards winning a trophy. You are supposed, to, you are supposed to, you know, see, you know, bits of it. Like Charlie, this club, even if I stay here for, I don't know, for five years or even ten years, there's no way we are going to win a trophy. Obviously, <laughs> oh, you, you, you hope you, you be, in, you be in hopes that. Like you get, you get, you know, managers or tactics might change or favors may turn in your this one in your way to win trophies. Yeah. But like, nah, you see, Christian Eriksen saw this. He saw this thing, and then quickly, quickly made yeah. a move to Inter. Now he's going yeah. to win a speeder oh, to like move Charlie. proper. But he's suffering over there. Don't mind our. He's oh, better than no. like, Vasquez, <laughs> don't mind our... Uh, since, since, like, the middle of the is, season... Yeah, he's... Something has been trusting him a bit. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's finding his rhythm and all that. And then, one thing, too, is when we are, when we are doing that player argument and then player mm-hmm. comparison, especially on Twitter, when um, they bring Lampard and maybe Paul schools and then are comparing the two, they mostly use trophies as a yardstick. Yes, you yeah. can play all the beautiful football. You can play everything. You can, you know, make all the runs, score. What's the name? Cry, Rabonis or whatever. <laughs> they won't rate it. They won't rate it. All they want is what you want a trophy here. That is the major, major, major like 
yardstick for uh, comparing players. And if he hasn't won this and he's just scoring goals, it won't, it won't take it won't take long before his you know his name gets faded out for something. Yeah. So he should he should you know. <laughs> Currently, with his contract and everything, I don't think he can move now. So he should just stay in his own mess and then hope that. Hope, just hope. It's the hope that kills, but he should just hope. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. For a trophy. All right. So, guys, uh, we're going to go into um, our final segment for this episode. Um, AT, ATW Sports Quiz. Okay. So, I've got a few questions for the three of you. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hey, just I give Ellie notice. I'll be asking. Okay, so uh, <laughs> okay, so um, I'll start with Crack then. Okay, uh-huh. Crack. Uh-huh. Which former? Oh, you go get her, you go get her, make you no worry. Take him like that. Which former Spurs manager has competed in the Dakar Rally? In what? Dakar Rally. The last one. Very good one. Okay, so Crack got his correct. That's wow. okay. difficult. It's difficult. Hey, it's your business. Mind your business. <laughs> okay, <get> so. <laughs> okay, Smiley. Yeah. Which former Premier League, Premier League winner, which former Premier League uh, winner's father was also a rugby player? Hey. Masa, see the question you give Craig? Yes, Okay, okay, you know what? You know what? Let me give you. No, can let I me take add a this. Quick let, me, guess. let me add can this. I take a quick guess. Let me. No, let me add this to give him a clue, right? His father mm-hmm. played rugby. His father played rugby for Wales. For Wales? Yeah. R- um, Robbie Savage? No. Hey, <laughs> no. Last Ryan one. Gix. Right. No, oh, Gix be so uh, you shouldn't have said it. Yeah, so it's cancelled. Smiley's like it's cancelled. Smiley negative. Uh, it was Gix. <laughs> yeah, it was Gix. You didn't know. This is my name. Uh, it was it was it That was one was too <laughs> obvious for me to go with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you see, this is how people they feel as also. This be how people they feel as <laughs> Okay, also uh, finally wrap this up for us. Which former Ballon d'Or winner um was a galaxy named after? Had had a galaxy named after them. Hey. <laughs> 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 What's the way that hey. you make them harder as they go away? <laughs> that is that is like as you go, I don't put this harder. Which one about winner do you think would have a galaxy named after them? E. You have three three wow. chances. <laughs> so and the guardians of the galaxy. I'm coming. <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah. I have three chances, right? Yeah, you have three chances. Yeah. Plenty. Three there, yeah. plenty. A galaxy. Yes, a galaxy. Wow. Lampard. Nope. Hey, Ballon d'Or. <laughs> Ballon d'Or winner. Lampard went Ballon d'Or before. You hate you hate him like that. He chops a came before. He chops a came before. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I'm sorry. No Lampard. I'm like, so I'm like, like oh, Ah, wait. Lampard actually won. No, he was second. No. He was second. Too. No, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. You saw what? Kaka, too. Okay, no. Well, last hey. try. Wow. Messi. Um, <laughs> eh... Sorry, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I I feel like that should have oh been like. Oh God! 
You see, those things, they are too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if I talk to Stano first. But you know, say in my mind, I def- okay, I, I knew I felt like these questions don't be easy per se, but I if you say the answer is like, in guessing some things, you know, like the AVB one. I, go back, I the AVB one, one, rather, I thought that one rather, Charlie Crack will, like, you go struggles more because former sports managers, Charlie, them chant. Nah, and but this one, it'd be, it be more, then it'd be more mainstream news. I'd be more mystery. I'd be mystery. Oh, oh, go with you for that. Go with you for that. You know, shame on you. I'll be that boy's go talk. You get an easy one. So you take my hand. I'm poor. 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 I'm um, I love where can people find you on social media? Okay, so it's at I am Usua on Twitter. Okay, and then if you're on Twitter, you know, you know that I make a lot of noise, and then okay. it is I am underscore Usua on IG. So go and follow okay. me, and I'll okay. give you a quick follow back. Okay, quick, fantastic. We do the like noise, yeah, <laughs> quick follow back. We do we like the noise, so we'll go follow you, make you know what. <laughs> Okay, so guys, we've come to the end of the show. It's safe to say this was a great episode. Thank you all for joining me. But before I wrap the show up, I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Kentucky Food and Dunboard Trading, your most reliable supplier of car batteries in Accra and beyond. I mentioned it before, their handles are at Kentucky GH and at Dboard Jonah, respectively. Thank you to GCR, of course producers of the podcast, and our listeners. You can send us your hot takes for discussion on future episodes on our Twitter handle at ATW Podcast GCR. Follow and interact with our Twitter account and catch up on all our episodes on our website, listen to gcr.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Neymar, Busquets. Y va al ataque de nuevo el futuro campeón de liga. Messi dejando el balón para Neymar. Atención, ahí fuera de juego. Balón para Luis Suárez. Gol. Va a golpear Cristiano. Se espatarra el bicho. Va a golpear con la derecha. Chuta Cristiano. Gol. Costa turns out the final. Irving and Curry, one on one. Irving puts it up. Let's go! Kyrie Irving from downtown. This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com.